Welcome to Trauma-Informed Parenting, where you can find information about adoption, foster care, parenting a child with a capital letter syndrome, such as ADD, ADHD, FASD, SPD, on the spectrum, etc., and trauma-informed parenting, all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker, but more important than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos with trauma histories and capital letter syndromes. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Trauma-Informed Parenting, a Coffee Break Podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here, and welcome to this episode of Trauma-Informed Parenting. I have a guest today that I'm going to introduce in just a moment, but I wanted to do a little public service announcement. If you did not know this, this podcast is now available on Audible. So if you're listening to books in your car, did you know that you can also listen to this podcast, Trauma-Informed Parenting? So there you go. So on to our guest, Diane Tarantini is with me again today. She's a returning guest. She is the author of The Brave Knight and a Child Safety Educator. So what she's going to talk about today, and then I'll let her do a more specific introduction to herself, but she's going to talk about today what parents need to know about body safety. Welcome, Diane. Hello, Kathleen. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy our time together. Me too. I I enjoy our pre-chats. If you guys could hear our pre-chats, you would learn a lot about each of us. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So tell us a little bit about how, before you start on your topic, how did you get into becoming a child safety educator? Well, this is a fun story. Um, (laughs) I actually Facebook messaged a total stranger who is now our mutual friend, Robert Peters. Mm. Uh, And I told him, I'm aware of the fact that you have a nonprofit dedicated to ending neglect and child abuse in the state of West Virginia. And I would like to offer my services because I have three skills that I think you need um, or three properties. Um, I love kids. Mm. I am comfortable in front of large audiences. Yes. It is my joy. (laughs) And also, um, this isn't a skill, it's a lived experience. I am a survivor of familial child sex abuse Mm. and ever since I was in the fourth grade um I've known two things I've known that I'd write a book and I've known that I'd get counseling both because of my child abuse experience um I I believe my story is compelling um and I knew it would help people and Robert took me on quickly as a member of the Speakers Bureau at SHIELD Task Force. And then he later asked me um, if I would consider writing a children's book. 
Mm. And he had a very specific vision for the children's book. And he said this, could you write a children's book, which in a non-threatening way shows kids what grooming is? And in case an individual doesn't know, the grooming that we're talking about in like child safety circles is the process by which a sexual predator will gain the trust of a potential victim and often their families and sometimes an organization or a community. And um, my children's book, The Brave Knight, is the um, end product of that challenge that Robert gave me. So tell us a little bit about The Brave Knight for somebody who's never even heard of that book. Maybe this is the first episode they've listened to and they're like, The Brave Knight? Yeah. Yes. We want to know more. We want to know more. Yeah, The Brave Knight um, is an allegory. And if you don't remember what that is from English class, I will clue you in. It's a a story with a hidden meaning. Mm. So um, it's got a really small cast of characters. There's a young girl. There's a dragon, and there's a brave knight. And in the beginning, the young girl and the um, dragon are best friends. And then Hmm. things start to fall apart. And um, you see the classic language and behavior that a sexual predator might use. But it is in no way in your face, overt, or obvious I don't use any diagnoses or um, anatomical body language. It is all um, it is all communicated in the language of fairy tale, and um, I I believe it was a gift to me. I woke up on a Saturday morning, and the the story was fully formed in my mind, and I just typed it out. I don't think I could have accomplished this. Um, I've had so many uh, people in the child protection space tell me it it is very unique Mm -hmm. in what it accomplishes. Um, One nonprofit in West Virginia, a different nonprofit called Libera, they um, help at-risk teens and women identify obstacles in their life and address them. They felt so strongly about the power of the Brave Knight that they purchased 7,000 copies of the book so that one could be given to every single foster child in the state. Wow. And um, this is why the book is super important for foster kids or children that have been foster to adopt. John Hopkins tells us that children in the foster system are four times more likely to be sexually abused than a child in a traditional um, family setting. Right. And if a foster child is in a group home, they're 28 times more likely to experience CSA, which is child sexual abuse. And often it is child on child sexual abuse, unfortunately. Right. But um, I, you know, West Virginia has an extraordinary number of foster kids. That's due to the opioid crisis. Wouldn't you agree, Kathleen? Yes, 100 yeah. I've been reading a book on that, too, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. so um, I, yeah, you probably heard me say in one of Kathleen's um, <laughs> podcast episodes, aside from creating and raising three outstanding humans, this book is um, 
my, uh, it's my greatest accomplishment. Yes. It's, it's that important. Well, um, and I would say from a reader standpoint, which the, the book is circulating through my kids now, like I loan it to one kid so the grandkids can read it. And, you know, yes. you could read this book to a preschooler without giving them any lesson about anything. And it's just a great fairy tale. You can read this with the next stage up when they're a little bit more able to understand the concepts and use the notes in the back to walk your child through a conversation about grooming. And you can, the, the book will grow with you. So if, you, if a teenager is reading it, which they will because the illustrations are just gorgeous and it's just it's beautiful to look at then you can have the next level of conversation with them. So it's not something you need to wait to purchase. If you have preschoolers, you can purchase it now, and it's just a great fairy tale, honestly. I appreciate that. Yes, I've, um, I think Amazon might have made me put a different, um, they won't let you put like rated E for everybody. Um, right. I would love that. But I think uh, when people ask, I often say kindergarten through eighth, but then people are, like you said, they're buying it for their preschoolers. Um, the middle, yeah, well, eighth grade is middle school. Yeah, I had a child safety speaker who speaks to, at college campuses say college kids could benefit from this because yes. the, um, the language and behavior that a sexual predator uses is going to overlap with what a bully does right. or a potentially, like, um, later in life, a bad date mate. Mm-hmm. That um, isolating, no one knows you like I do. Let's keep this secret. Um, here's this fabulous gift I got you. Don't tell anybody. No one can love you like I, I do. Um, yeah, the language, I, I think it multitasks over a number of concerns that parents have with their young their young um, charges. Right, I agree. I agree. So let's move into what parents need to know about body safety. I know you have a freebie on your website, so I'm going to mention that first. And what is the name of your freebie? Oh, my goodness. I don't have it pulled up. Sorry. (laughs) I think it's 22 plus tips, 22 plus child safety tips from a body safety educator. I am a body safety educator in the public schools of West Virginia, and I love the work that I do there. Um, So I would just say get on that dianetarantini.com website and just click on that. Um, There's an image of the front cover, and um, I will zip that PDF to you. It is, I literally went back through all my notes, all my blog posts, like notes from conferences, and I just wrote down my very favorite child safety tips. Um, and even this, um, it's probably like your field, Catherine or Kathleen, the more you know, the more you keep learning. Yes. So I'm not even going to dip into those tips because even since writing that a few months ago, uh, creating that resource, there's a few new things on my radar that I would really love to talk to your audience about. Okay. Okay. So, um, getting the free resource off my website is super easy. Getting the Brave Night, um, it's on Amazon. It's super easy. And there's also, uh, if you click the image of the book 
on my website homepage. It'll take you to buy the book if you want to do that. Um, but there's a number of things that you can do. You could do them tonight um, for free with your young people. So the first thing I think is really important um, to do with any child that you have is help them create a list of five or more. It really and truly is the more the merrier. Trusted adults, safe adults. Mm. We used to say trusted adults, but we're now seeing that sometimes um, bad actors are cultivating that trust and yeah. then um, using it to your child's um, not their best disadvantage. They're disadvantage, not their advantage. Yes. So um, you want to make sure, like a lot of times, a kid's like, "Oh, I love my, I love my cousin, um, Suzanne." Well, she's sixteen. She's not the best choice. Mm. So you definitely want adults. Um, and I, sometimes in a body safety assembly, I'll tell kids like, if your parents weren't home and you realized that your house was on fire, who would you contact? Who's like loves you? Would drop everything they were doing and just come over and take care of it. Um, it could be, it could be a policeman or a fireman. It could be your grandmother. It could be your soccer coach. It might be your piano teacher, but I would like, I I challenge you parents, help your child make a list of five or more safe adults. And then the next step might be yours. You're going to want to get contact information Mm. for their safe adults. And if your child is of an age, um, that your family has determined they're ready for a, a, a phone, smart or otherwise, um, I would ask, I would recommend that you enter the contact information for those safe adults into your kid's phone. If they're not ready for that, you could um, handwrite it or print it out on your computer and like um, packing tape it into their backpack or... Um, thumbtack it onto their bulletin board in their room, like their list of safe adults and their phone numbers. Um, Every child, I hope your children know that they can dial 911 if they're having an emergency. There's also a 988 number now, which Hmm. is if they're, um, if they're, they're feeling any level of emotional crisis, Um, they want to hurt themselves. Um, Someone they feel is, um, being unkind or abusive to them, 988 would be a great number to call for them to get help really fast. Well, um, can I pa- make you pause for just one second? Because sure. I want to go back to, you know, you were saying hand you could handwrite it or type it up, and I'm just remembering something that I had to do for one of my kids who, who struggled with even remembering who he was when he was in stressful situations. Like yes. out and about, like I typed it up and I, you know, the, the lanyard things you can get, you know, yes. I, I put it in there. It had his name, his phone number. And I'm talking when he was like 15 years old, if we would go to yep. Pittsburgh or something, he needed yep. that. So he could, if he got lost, say at the zoo, he could be like, Hey, here's, this is my information. This is that who I am. Is so yeah. you could put make it on the, or, yeah, or, make yeah. it two-sided and put the contact information on the other side yeah and if you were really like um crafty you could take it to a print shop and have it laminated yes get a couple copies made make these for all your children like who they are their address their phone number their parents names or caregivers names 
Um, and then on the flip side, um, they're emergency contacts. Right. You make, them, you make them for if your kids are in public school. Um, but yeah, if you aren't available, those safe adults that you and your child have agreed upon, that would be a great resource if someone found your child at a convenience store down the block from your house. Mm-hmm. That would be super, super helpful. Um, it's so interesting that you talked about getting like lost in Pittsburgh or lost at a an amusement park. Mm-hmm. Another thing, um, in the back of my book, I have these resources. So I talk about making a list of safe adults in the back of the Brave Night. Mm-hmm. But there's another activity, and it's um, creating personal safety plans. Mm, yeah. It's really easy to remember. If blank happens, then I will blank. The classic example is, if my clothing catches on fire, then I will stop, drop, and roll. Right. That is a personal safety plan. Um, I think a really beautiful activity for a parent and child to do, um, like, one-on-one time with each child that you have is... Keep creating personal safety plans mm-hmm. for every circumstance they can come up with that concerns them. I think it's going to be a window into your child's life. Right. I agree. And it doesn't even have to. It can be about if it is too noisy at the party, I will ask such and such adult to take me out or get my noise reducing headphones. Because, oh, great idea. Yes. Because there are so many other things that kids, you know, are anxiety-producing huge things in their life. But we don't often, you know, what are you talking about at the dinner table? Are you talking about, you know, anxiety at a birthday party? No. You're talking about what you did with your day and how was football or how was this or how. So, yeah. So setting those times aside to specifically talk about personal safety plans is such a great idea yeah so um it can be if i lose my parent at kroger then i will go to the customer service desk look for someone in a in a uniform if someone bullies me on the school bus then i will tell the school bus driver tell my teacher when i get inside if a straight if someone i don't know sends me a friend request on my favorite video game, then I will. Um, If someone asks me to send them an inappropriate picture, then I will. Like, it's really endless. There's going to be different seasons of life. Their their concerns are going to change. But I am a huge fan of personal safety plans. Um, And I've I've been hearing them mentioned even more lately. So I think I'm on to something. Now... Um, I think another, let's see, we did the brave night. Um, we did personal safety plans. Um, another free, um, cache, is that the way you say that? Is that, that's French of resources <laughs> is, um, my blog and Catherine's or Kathleen's. Why do I keep calling you Catherine? <laughs> Kathleen, I've known you for years. Um, you can just through experts in various fields, you can read all our posts on current topics that are relevant to your family. Right. Just scroll through 
all the posts and read the ones that are appropriate to you. So I don't want to discount like Kathleen's blog and my blog because we both have um, really, we research deeply, we read deeply on the topic and we just want nothing more than the best for you and your family. So definitely um, check out our websites. Um, I agree. um, Make a list of five safe adults. Make personal safety plans. Okay. So there is a new topic on my radar. Um, and it's, it, I've got good news and bad news about it. I guess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, topic is, the topic is pornography. Um, and um, I found out why kids are looking at pornography. And it actually was not why I thought. I thought that um, hormones are raging and they just want to go and look at people in sexual circumstances. Mm-hmm. But there is this fantastic, and I will send you a link, Kathleen. Okay. There's a fantastic resource called the Common Sense Media Report on Teens and Pornography. It's pages and pages and pages long. But I'll give you some of the high points. Um Kids, literally, the majority of kids said, I look at pornography to um, find out what the body of someone who's the opposite gender of me looks like. Right, right. Without clothes on, without clothes on. Um, I I look at pornography to see what people are doing sexually so I can figure out Maybe I will like this someday, or maybe I will want to avoid this someday. And maybe when I have a partner that I want to take that step with, maybe we would want to do this. So it's really kids trying to get educated on um, what the human body looks like and what happens when it comes together in a sexual situation. Mm. Now, the reason why kids are going are looking um, to pornography is Kathleen and I were talking about this before. They Google, they go to learn everything on the internet. Right. Exactly. Um, This report literally, and this is so precious and encouraging to you parent. It literally said, I wish my parent would talk to me about this. Mm -hmm. They, They talk about drugs. They talk about drinking. They talk about birth control, but they won't talk about, I mean, pornography is like the elephant in the room. Yes. Um, and, uh, you have two options, parents. You can either commit to feeling awkward and vulnerable, (laughs) um, and on the spot to have a, a conversation about sex with your child beyond where babies come from. Um, or the internet can teach them. There right. is a third option. There are groups and organizations that are certified in doing a professional job of answering all your children's questions. You can definitely seek those out. I've um, I've linked to them in, in some of my recent blog posts. Um, but here's the downside about pornography. Um, 88%, and I found this on PubMed, so it's, a, it's like a legitimate 
study that was done, um, they looked at hundreds of um, pornographic videos, and they found that 88.2% of them were aggressive or violent Mm. in nature. Right. The majority um, is aimed at women. Mm -hmm. And... The majority is perpetrated by men towards women. Um, right behind that, in terms of offensive content, is um, the like like race and ethnic yeah. offensive situations. These kids, these dear kids, actually said they felt sick to their stomach over how some people groups were being treated. So um, I'm, I, that was that was also encouraging. Um, so because I learned all this information about pornography, like kids want to have this conversation, they would prefer to have it with somebody they know, their parent or one of their trusted adults. Um, but there's a lot, I would say the majority of parents are not having this conversation, which is why the kids are looking at it. Um, they are, kids are getting thrown into, often when they type in P-O-R-N, mm-hmm. they get thrown into the most popular um, pornography site in the world, which I believe is Pornhub. And um, it is not, they are not seeing soft pornography. They are not seeing flirty rom-com, you know, sexual right. activity. They're seeing um I don't even, um, I'm going to point you, I'm going to give you links to my um, podcast because I, I don't want to say what they're saying because it's it's actually quite frightening mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm afraid there might be little kids in the room. So right. um, they're seeing content that would disturb us as like um, grown adults. And um, I, I, Kathleen, can a child get traumatized by watching Oh, definitely. In fact, um, that is considered and violent videos. Well, even a child watching porn is considered child abuse, and an adult yes. showing a child porn is considered child abuse because Absolutely. it is traumatizing to them. And one of the things that we had, we Diane and I talked about in our pre-chat. Man, we should record our pre-chat but some of it is like we should just yeah but one of the things that I was reminding her is like kids who struggle with executive function like FASD they have the effects of alcohol in their system when they're in utero or they're on the spectrum or they're just neurodivergent in some way they do not have the executive processing to understand that they're being groomed or that this watching porn is bad or you know it's we have to be very literal with these kids we have to be and we were even talking about before we push record putting together some sort of checklist for these kiddos because they are not going to get it and like Diane said, you know, the elephant in the room, sometimes we parents think, if we just ignore it, it will go away. Like, no, it won't go away. And because children have pretty much, a lot of children have unlimited access 
to the internet. We were talking about that before too, before we push record. They can get into these sites very quickly without even knowing what they're doing and see these images and they are in their brain. And porn is also addictive, even though maybe the child is not like, oh, that is so wonderful. Like cotton candy tastes good and I want more of it. No, it's like it signals something in their brain that is addictive and they want to, as horrifying as it is to them, they want to look at it more. Why do you think... Why do you think one of the growing problems in marriages is one of the partners being addicted to porn? In fact, our pastor just did a series and he was talking about different kinds of addictions. And that one comes up every single time. You know, it was like the thing that we kept hidden in the closet for years because it was magazines. I'm not I'm not saying Diane and I kept it hidden in the closet, but you know the general public can keep it hidden in the in the closet. Now it's on the internet for anybody to see. Correct. Yeah. Um there's a really unfortunate um thing a situation that's happening because of porn. And this is my original um entry point into the conversation. Um I heard at a child safety conference, more than once it was mentioned that child-on-child sexual abuse mm-hmm. occurrences are increasing. Yeah. And I believed it was because of sexting. Um, but I wanted to confirm that with another child safety expert. And she said, Diane, it's actually not what you think. Um, she said, so often... Those of us in the child protection space are viewed as very prudish because we're like, be careful, like sex is a loaded gun, be super careful with it. Right. Um, She goes, but we are now seeing young kids acting out sexually on younger kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So my most recent blog post is on this. Um, and they quote nurses in emergency rooms um, talking about what these precious um, abuse victims are saying happened to them. Mm. And so much of it was, you know, he said he saw it on porn and wanted to try it out. Wow. Um, there was, yeah. Wow. Um, there was... Uh, one young child who acted out on a younger child and made his own siblings and the victim siblings watch. Wow. So you've got, you've got multiple layers of trauma here. Right. On exactly. The victim, on the audience. Um, so I think, I think there's some low hanging fruit here. I think there's something all of us can do. Right. Get on your, um, Android phone, get on your every Android phone, every iPhone in your house, every tablet, every desktop, every laptop, every Chromebook, and figure out how to activate the parental controls. Yes. Yeah. That is 100% free. Right. That's not to say your kid can't find a way around it, but we've got doing something is better than doing nothing. Exactly. So that's your free option. I, the next thing I would do is I would Google all the uh, providers of parental um, 
monitoring services. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Different companies monitor different things. Like you can uh, monitor how long your child's on the internet right. so that you get away from that screen addiction um, based on hours used. Um, it can show you that uh, strangers are approaching your child through um, direct messages. Um, it can show when, like bullying, the the um, Bark.us is one of the um, parental monitors that you can get. I think their um, discovery of cyberbullying, I think it, 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 it's numbers in the millions now. Mm, wow. So I literally had an acquaintance show me a screenshot of um, her son's phone where kids had direct messaged him on Instagram and s- told him he should just kill himself. Oh, my goodness. So oh, if you wow. had monitoring going on um, that was looking for cyberbullying, you would know this. Um, wow. really quickly in the process whereas a child might be too scared to tell anybody um, they right. can they some of them look at like adult lyrics and music mm-hmm. some of them look at adult content and podcast episodes they might actually screen out this because we're of, of some of the words it might have um, keyed on some of the words we were talking about right but um, I I cannot tell you how strongly I feel that you need to be talking to your kids about pornography mm-hmm. um, and just answering all their questions. Right. And being 100% honest, I don't know everything, but um, I'm, I've got this um, paper and pen. Any question that you ask that I can't find an answer for, I will um, I will chase that answer down. Um, so I would ha- be having those conversations. There is a Defend Young Minds mm-hmm. on website. And their founder says you need to have 10 conversations with your child about pornography before they turn 10. Wow. Yeah, well, I would say in this day and age, you do. You you have to. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, um, if you have these conversations, if nothing is off the table, if no question is a dumb question or no subject is taboo in this house like that builds a culture where a child feels like I can ask for help no matter what right I can tell my parent anything and they will help me um they will fix the problem they will they will rescue me um and I just think that I think yeah the more I think this is one of my tips in my 22 child safety tips freebie is um, just the daily conversation between parent and child mm-hmm. families on every single topic under the sun. Right. Right. Well, and, and builds intimacy and strength of the family bonds and trust that will serve you for a lifetime. Exactly. And we're going to have to finish up here, but I'm just going to add this because this is one thing that I did while my kids were growing up. And we still do it when the the adult kids come around. It's like at dinner, we pick a topic of conversation. And when you pick a topic of conversation, then anybody can talk about any part of that topic that they want to. And now, did we sometimes have arguments? Yes. Did some people, some times get up and want to leave the table yes but you know what better in your own home 
better in your own home under your own own roof that you discuss these things and you talk about these things whether your child agrees with you 100% or not or whether you agree 100% with what your child is saying especially in their teenagers I'm not talking about toddlers here it is important for them to feel like they can like Diane said talk to you about anything they want to talk to you about So do you have, before we leave here today, I'm going to let you give one final piece of advice and then please tell everyone where they can find you. Okay. Um, I think I said my main thing is conversations uh, on all topics all the time is the most important thing you can do to equip and empower your child for life. Mm -hmm. Um, And... There's so much more. There's so many more really great tips in the freebie, so I encourage you to get that. Um, but you can find me at dianetarantini.com, and uh, I'm I have an author page on Facebook, Diane Tarantini Author. Um, I'm on Instagram at writing Diane T. I have a, a Pinterest page. We'll put all these in the show notes. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and some of these resources I've provided. Um, the one thing, yes, I do have something to add. Okay. When, when I have these new, new to me topics and I share them with my friends so often they are like, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Um, they're so busy with life and day to day and making dinner and folding laundry that, um, yeah, some of the, some of the really important information, um, just kind of slips by them. So find your favorite source of like um, the topics you need to know about the most, like trauma-informed parenting or child safety or um, family dynamics. Just have a, just have one go-to, one or two go-to resources mm-hmm. for equipping yourself. Equip yourself as a parent um, so that you can do the best job for your kids. I, I know parenting is hard. I know... There's so many things you're doing every single day. But um, if you just, yeah, if you can just find one person that really helps you do the job of parenting, just check in with them on a regular basis so that you know what's going on out in the world. Right. Right. And I will just add as, you know, as a bookend, Diane talked about our blogs. And, you know, it used to be that blogs were the thing that you read about how Susie was doing in her homemaking journey, and you waited the week for the next post to come out. I like to think of them as articles, because like Diane said, we both, like, we research. We dig in deep. So if you get on her website or my website, and there's something specific you need to learn about, go to the little search bar and type it in. You don't have to wait till next week when a new post comes out or what that's not the way that it works anymore. It's just like there's a storehouse of information on each of our websites and you can go and find it right now today. So, thanks for joining me today, Diane. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. The work you're doing is so important because more and more kids are experiencing trauma and some of it is in my area, sexual trauma, and some of it, you you cover so much more than that. And I think both both conversations need to be kept open and alive. Yes, and thank you for what you're doing. So thank you for listening, guys, and I will see you next week. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Trauma-Informed Parenting. Make sure you subscribe on traumainformedparenting.com to receive a free resource and receive a newsletter plus updates when books or new courses are released. Also, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, or Spotify and leave a review so other listeners can find trauma-informed parenting and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send me an email to contact at traumainformedparenting.com.